Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today we're going to talk about how to build a no-drama lifestyle. And that phrase actually came from when our girls were young and we noticed their tendency to just always have drama, whether they were pouting about something or mad at somebody or wanting more attention, oftentimes they would just resort to a lot of drama. And so we came up with the phrase in our home, no drama. And we've actually carried that principle into our ministry and our church life, because as we look at scripture, we see so clearly that God has called us to living a no drama lifestyle. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to be in intense situations or in the middle of a spiritual battle, but drama that comes from just our own selfishness, our own busybody nature, gossip, things like that, that add unnecessary human drama to life. And is and that kind of drama is just not God honoring. So how can we learn to live a no drama lifestyle? 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says that we are to aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind our own business as we commanded you. Isn't that amazing? The Bible actually tells us to mind our own business. And it's so funny, when Hudson was a little, little boy, our oldest child, he had a little spot in the backyard, a little tree stump that he had decorated with color chalk. And we had asked him, what is this place? Why do you always go and sit here? And he said, oh, this is my summer spot. And we said to him, what do you do on your summer spot? And he said, I just sit here and mind my own business. (laughs) So I always think of that. It was so funny. But how much a heartache could be avoided if we as Christians understood the principle of minding our own business, tending to the things that God has placed before us, but not sticking our nose where it doesn't belong and allowing drama into our lives. When I was, before I was married, when I was in high school, my young adult years, I was really drawn to drama, like a lot of young girls are. And I found myself constantly riding an emotional roller coaster of one saga after the next. I always felt like I needed to be the one who knew everything that was going on with my friends, all of the breakups and all of the fights and all of the he said, she said drama that was swirling around. I wanted to be a part of that because I really craved the interest and the excitement that came from, you know, feeling like you're living out some TV drama in real life. And I really became the one that my friends would cry to on the phone. People would confide their secrets to me. I would notice, you know, guys and girls when they liked each other, maybe before anybody else did. And I really wanted to be the center of all of that. And when God got a hold of my life, he really convicted me about being drawn to that kind of drama and really spoke to my heart and told me that most of that was really not God honoring and it wasn't minding my own business. And he convicted me that I really needed to find my adventure in my relationship with him and in the works that he had prepared for me to do for his glory and for his kingdom, not just stirring up drama all around me. And I begin to learn what it means to live a quiet life, a life that is built around God's priorities and to truly mind my own business, tend to the things that he had given me to do and not veer outside of that. 
I began to realize that only my relationship with Christ could truly fulfill me. And getting caught up in human drama was really just a waste of my time and a distraction to my spiritual life. So as a young woman, I began to really pray that God would retrain me to have a no-drama lifestyle. I began to purposely shut my ears to the gossip that was around me, all the latest news of what was going on with my friends and people my own age and all of the inner workings of, you know, relationships and and people getting upset with each other, etc. And instead I began to spend my time and energy building my relationship with Christ rather than just chattering away about meaningless dramas with my friends. In a lot of cases, I actually had to pull away from shallow friendships that were just based on frivolous drama. And then I began to learn how to build real friendships that were centered upon Jesus Christ and that focused on eternal things and not frivolous things. And what I discovered in that season of my life was that a Christ-centered life is far more exciting than any contrived human drama. Every day with Jesus Christ is meant to be a great adventure, solving the beautiful mystery of his nature, his pattern, his ways, and walking forward in the good works that he has prepared in advance for me to walk in. And unlike the temporary frivolous human dramas that swirl around us, discovering God's truth does not have an end, and it only gets more exciting and more adventure-filled and more fulfilling as time goes on. Now, even when we're past those young adult high school years, drama seems to be a weakness that a lot of women struggle with in every season of life. We are so prone to getting caught up in the intrigue of human dynamics. We can be drawn into gossip and idle chatter so quickly. And pop culture preys upon this susceptibility to drama and entices us to just waste our time on maybe shallow romance novels and Hollywood reality shows. Very few women are really skilled in obeying God's command to mind our own business. And whether we're caught up in the dramas going on all around us or the dramas that are contrived by Hollywood, we tend to want to look to those things to find our excitement and our fulfillment. In 2 Corinthians 12 20, Paul writes about his concern over one of the churches. And he says, For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, faction, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. And when I read that list, it's really startling to realize how perfectly this describes the state of affairs in maybe a typical women's group or a sorority or a clique of high school girls. But even uh, older women can fall into this trap in our circles of friends and, and even church relationships. We can be very good at the art of drama, whether it's gossip, whether it's conflict and betrayal, you know, holding grudges against people or interfering in other people's lives and being distracted and consumed with emotion-filled sagas around us. That kind of drama is truly destructive. Not only does it rob our precious time and energy from what's really important, it also erodes our intimacy with Christ. We can't seek God with an undivided heart while we're engaging in idle chatter and just getting caught up in all the hearsay and gossip that swirls around us or being so concerned with other people's business that we're not tending to what God has placed before us today. We cannot glorify Jesus Christ when we spend our words and our thoughts and our emotions on human drama. 
there's a scripture in First Timothy that talks about women who are caught up in human drama, and it says they learn to be idle as they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. And I'm sure that you've probably seen women like this or been tempted to become a woman like this. It kind of reminds me of the character Rachel Lynde from Anne of Green Gables. She's that nosy neighbor that just has to know what's going on in everybody else's life. But if you look at her version of femininity, it's certainly not dignified or... uh, kind or beautiful. It's something that you want to get away from. There's really nothing noble about a woman who is a gossip and a busybody. So if you are wanting to learn how to build a no drama lifestyle and avoid some of those very common pitfalls, here are some practical ways that you can begin to exchange human drama for the true adventure of a Christ-built existence. And the first one is to pursue a peaceful and quiet life. It says that in 1 Timothy 2, 2, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now the phrase quiet and peaceable here denotes a tranquil heart and mind at rest from unnecessary fretting, worrying, and most especially, barging into other people's business. We're told in Hebrews 12, 14, that we should make every effort to live at peace with all men. And then in Romans 12, 18, it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So that means not stirring up drama, not engaging in gossip, not speaking ill of other people, not taking offense easily, etc. The secret to living a quiet and peaceful life is not allowing emotions to lead us, not to over overreact when someone says or does something that we don't like, but to deliberately choose by the grace of God to control our reactions and submit our emotions to the spirit of God instead of melodramatic feminine whims and feelings. So when that temptation arises to react emotionally to a situation, we need to tell ourselves no drama and choose that path of peace that God has laid before us. So instead of giving someone the silent treatment or lashing out or gossiping about someone who is bothering you, irritating you, try praying for that person instead, or even better, say or do something kind to them. Proverbs 15, 1 says that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. One of the best ways to live a tranquil, quiet, peaceful life is to follow this advice. Now, this may take a bit of practice and definitely requires leaning on the grace of God, the enabling power of God. But when we choose that path of quietness and peace, it leads to a beautiful, fulfilling existence that truly brings glory to Jesus Christ. The second principle is to mind our own business. We talked about this a few minutes ago, how it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.11 to mind our own business. And how do we do this in a God-honoring way? We as women so often are very interested in the small details of other people's lives, and that's not always a bad thing. We can spend hours learning about all the details of somebody's wedding or the birth of someone's baby, and we can just you know, cry tears of joy when we hear about someone proposing, even if we don't even know the couple. We really, a lot of us, want to know all of the colors and clothing and height and weight and the emotions that were felt and expressed throughout the entire experience. For the most part, men are fine just hearing the facts, you know, the basics. This person got married yesterday. And I I know a lot of times when Eric tells me about 
somebody getting married or a baby being born and I try to ask him details, he usually doesn't know. In fact, he sometimes does not even know if the baby was a boy or a girl because he didn't even think to ask that question. (laughs) And to me, I think, how can you not ask that question? And as women, we have that love for details. And this can be a really God-honoring thing when it's submitted to the Spirit of God. It can add romance and sparkle and beauty to everyday life. And it can really enable us to show empathy to those who are rejoicing or those who are um, going through a difficult time. But that same love for details can also get us into trouble because while it's fine to be excited about someone getting married or having a baby or celebrating the wonderful things that may happen to other people or being a listening ear when someone is hurting, it's not honoring to God when we have to know everything about everyone and always know the details of everybody's lives and hear all the nitty gritty of every little saga that everyone goes through because that will quickly make us a busybody and other men's matters, and it will distract us from the work and the tasks and the the calling that God has on our life right now. I know a lot of women who are wives and mothers who struggle with really investing into their own families because they're too busy on social media or texting or following the sagas of other people's lives rather than tending to the calling that is sitting right before them. And it doesn't matter what season of life we're in, we can easily fall into that trap. And of course, social media does not make this any easier. When you look at things like Twitter, or excessive texting all day long. It's really the opposite of minding your own business if you use it incorrectly. It can really quickly put all the details of your life on display for others to know and or it can stick all the details of everybody else's life right in your face all day long and be a huge distraction. And of course, Facebook, email, cell phone time, all of these things can pull us into that distraction of not minding our own business. If we allow those things to take too much of our time and energy, we will soon find that most of our daily life just consists of idle gossip, meaningless chatter, and meddling in other people's affairs. So to mind our own business means to focus on our own relationship with Jesus Christ and on what he has called us to instead of planting ourselves deliberately in the middle of other people's drama. Being a busybody can become an addiction that sneaks into our lives under the banner of maybe helping people or being a listening ear because you start to feel like hearing all the details is something you can't live without and soon your focus can shift away from Jesus to the latest drama between so-and-so. So just like any sinful habit pattern, this needs to be broken and retrained by the enabling grace of God. Ask him to show you the practical steps in your life that you need to take in order to mind your own business. And when in doubt, walk away. It's always better to spend time in the presence of your king than chatting away the hours on your cell phone or on your computer or through Twitter or texting. The third principle is to learn how to work with your own hands. And this comes from that same verse that exhorts us to mind our own business. It tells us to work with our own hands. And so instead of wasting our time on idleness and thinking, oh, I'm just bored, I'm going to hop on social media, or I'm going to text so-and-so, we can actually begin proactively pouring ourselves into valuable work for the kingdom of God. We can cultivate our relationship with Christ. We can study his word. We can reach out to those around us. We can serve those that he's put in our life today. 
And Titus 2.4 exalts older women to train younger women how to love their husbands, love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, etc. And this is really just such an incredible calling that no matter what season of life, we can invest into women that are just younger than we are. And yet so many of us lose that opportunity because we're too busy just with idle things, filling our lives with things that don't really have a lot of eternal value. They just take up a lot of our time and distract us. And during your single years, God has called you to be busy about his work, not eating the bread of idleness, as it says in Proverbs 31. The reality is that there is a dying world all around us, and every day millions are perishing without Jesus Christ. There are so many orphans, foster care children, elderly people, prisoners, and refugees, and we need to ask ourselves, are we being Christ's hands and feet to them, or are we too busy watching reality TV, texting, following the latest gossip on Twitter, on Facebook, or getting involved in the dramas of other people's lives where we shouldn't be? Working with our own hands, pouring ourselves out for others is an amazing solution for drama. When we invest our time and energy into the things that really matter, we'll quickly find that we have all of the excitement and fulfillment that we could ever want or need. So some final thoughts that I want to share with you. The life that God has called us to, the mystery of godliness, is a never-ending frontier of adventure, of discovery, of fulfillment, and of joy. And so I encourage you to leave the temporary human sagas behind and decide to follow the real adventure of building Christ's kingdom because his version of an adventure-filled life leads to joy and peace and an abundant life. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more about how to truly build your life around Jesus Christ, I encourage you to visit us at setapartgirl.com where you'll find articles and courses and other resources that can truly lead you closer to Jesus and teach you what it means to live a set-apart life that is glorifying to him. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.